Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 42. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. Coming to you from the Guide Shack after... A week on the Gaspé Peninsula and Quebec's beautiful Bonaventure River. Uh, I am Tim Smith, your host, and I'm here with Christopher Russell and Colin Clifford, two guys who joined the crew for last week's expedition. How are we doing this morning, boys? Great. Tired, but great. Tired is the name of the game. Yes, it is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But what a fantastic trip. The three of us were joined by Frank Grindrod. Um, who runs Earthwork Programs in Massachusetts, uh, Kelly Harleton and Dragon Uzalak, who work with Karamat Wilderness Ways in Alberta, Canada, and Blake Towsley, who is the honcho at Le Club de Raquette, uh, Smooth, Smooth Rock Falls, mm-hmm. um, originally from Ontario, but currently in the Canadian Army, based in Gagetown uh, in New Brunswick. Yeah, what a great group of guys we had. Yeah, to say that we had fun is <laughs> That's undercutting you know, it. It very... was a party in the Gaspé Z. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a party in the Gaspé Z. Our, our song for the trip, <laughs> which we played over and over and over again, was uh, Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA. Um, and for are... those of you who don't know the story, the first time that I heard Party in the USA, it's like she was singing directly to me because I am also... From the USA, and I also like to party. Mm-hmm. So I think that's our song check. for every. That ends up being our song for every trip at this point. Like it's just our theme song. Uh, so we changed the words for this one. Instead of party in the USA, it was party in the Gaspé Z. Yeah. So um, and we sang it all through the trip. It didn't stop. We even performed it. We in did. Front of uh, a couple of. Through paddlers, a couple of... Uh... They didn't find it as funny as we did. <laughs> no. They not, really didn't. <laughs> in fact, it, it's really not funny. It's not at all. <laughs> it's just, can't we can't kill it now. It, it's it's that idea that inside jokes are funny if you're on the inside. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not... Like, who are these weirdos from Maine singing <laughs> Miley Cyrus in northern Quebec? Let's paddle harder. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's the modern version of dueling banjos by. Uh, oh, don't don't cheapen it, Tim. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we took off the river yesterday after after uh, you know working really hard for a couple of days. Drove back here to Maine, and uh, now we're just exhausted, trying to pick up the pieces, put away gear, 
Uh, Christopher's busy spilling coffee all over everything out of the thermos. I'm sorry. I don't know what I don't know how a thermos works after a week on trail. Uh, and yeah, so this morning we're going to talk a little bit about about the trip, about some of the some of the fun things that happened out there, and uh, and then just a few things about kind of the expedition lifestyle, I guess for yeah. lack of a better mm-hmm. term. So yeah, we left here. The three of us and Frank got in the truck a week ago, Saturday morning, drove up to the uh, Outfitters place. We spent the night there. We all got on a big bus, and they drove us about four hours to the put-in at the top of the Chichox Mountains, right? Right at Lake Bonaventure. And you'll see some of the pictures. Um, if you're on Instagram, you know, I think everybody on the trip has an Instagram account and they're mm-hmm. posting pictures like crazy. But yeah. this water's like nothing you've ever seen, it's right? It's unreal. Crystal, crystal clear. Um, this is my second trip up there. First trip for all these guys. Mm. But uh, it's pretty unique in that I don't filter the water up there. I don't boil the water. I just drink it right out of the river. Yeah, that was an awesome. It was unbelievable. Awesome experience to do that. It was really, this is the first time I've been on trail with this organization that I didn't spend the whole time that we were canoeing drinking smoke flavored water. And that was kind of great. Not having to boil your own water and have it taste like campfire for a week. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but after a week of it, fresh water sounds like a pretty good thing. It makes things a lot yeah, easier. Yeah. It's just, for sure. just pleasant. Yeah. You're, to... you're, you're cooking less. You have shorter mm-hmm. fires cause you're just cooking. You don't need to sanitize water. And that makes life a lot easier. A couple of the guys had those cool uh, life straw things mm-hmm. that you fill up your water bottle and drink through those. And I'm going to look into those. Those look pretty neat. Yeah, sure. They'll that. probably live. We won't. Time saver uh. for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, just epic, uh, epic trip. It's just a beautiful trip. You start up at the top of the mountains and you take out in the salt water at the ocean. So you're just mm-hmm. coming down through a series of, of canyons and things. And it's a mountain river and just, uh, just stunningly beautiful yeah every time we paddle over a pool you'd look down and try to see how deep it was because you could see to the bottom but then i'd put i'd put my pole in and not be able to touch and that's a 12 foot pole like that's deep clear water that you can see yeah. all the way to the bottom of. you weren't even close to unbelievable halfway. so Could've yeah probably the lower about 30 river anyway feet. yeah the, the lower river the top river so the upper river story. <laughs> the one the one uh, probably the hardest thing that we mm-hmm. faced this trip was that the water level was just really yeah really low and when you start off at the top you know a kind of a shallow winding mountain stream there just wasn't enough water to paddle it so the three of us were fortunate we were in solo boats and we were poling mm-hmm. but even then there were a lot of situations where you know there was just yeah. no wiggle room at all but there wasn't enough water to push with a paddle to be able to control a heavy boat. Yeah, and to that, it, the the odd thing to me was that the, some of the points where we had lower water were were more dangerous for the paddlers than for um, than it was when we were at high water where it was going fast because they couldn't they couldn't apply enough force with the paddle to actually have any control of their boat. Right, and that was that and was, they had to yeah. get out, and every yeah. time you have to get out of your boat, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. So the more you can stay in your boat, the better. So that was our probably our biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, that and you know occasionally singing off key with the second verse of Party in the Gas. I have never heard you sing off key in your life. No, man. I'm not talking about me. Oh, okay, uh, good, good, good. Because uh, what held held the whole yeah crew together. <laughs> your 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 sultry baritone was all that kept us going. I get that a lot. I know. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, so what were we? Six nights. Yep, yeah. six nights out. Six nights out, uh, and it was cold. That water yes. is just barely above freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we went in to do some lining around some ledges, um, and my toes went numb mm-hmm. in less than twenty seconds. Yeah. Right, it's barely above freezing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we had hard frosts at night, so mm-hmm. it was nice. It really kept the bugs down. We didn't see any bugs until the last mm-hmm. day yeah. nope. when it really warmed up. But yeah, cold water. Cool temps, uh, one, yeah. one, one full day of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, the other big challenge day on that half, river is the, uh, the embuckles. Embuckle! Yeah. <laughs> and these yeah. are giant log jams. Uh, you know, this is, it, it's a wilderness river, yeah, right? It's, it's not, not managed. No. There's no rangers. So they get these, and there's a really steep gradient as it comes out of the mountains. So they get these uh, huge log jams. Where you have to literally, you're out of your boat, lifting over logs. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't float through it. You would die. It would be. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, be so there were two. Pieces. There were a couple of them. Uh, two of them. One of them where we had to sort of kind of wade through, and you're lifting over that and, mm-hmm. and trying to duck under that. And the second one, um, the good folks from Canoe the Wild had. It was their second trip down yeah. of the year, and they cut a little carry trail around mm-hmm. the. Around it, I don't know, sixty yards maybe. Yeah, saved us a lot of yeah. time. We and did have to go out and uh, find it. Yeah, it was, that was a challenge. But that's more on us than on them, I think. We were pretty pretty zonked. But yeah, that's kind of the biggest thing I got out of this is you know we're talking about um, uh, we're talking about how clear the water was and how beautiful this place was. But it's if you look at the pictures, it almost looks like you know we're all paddling and we look like having a great time, but. Um, wild places bring inherent um, risk with them and not just like the the embacles that we're talking about but also you know we mentioned that the water was just above freezing and we had a couple guys dump boats and it was it was not a, we had a couple guys dump boats every day yeah, yeah. it was it was a, it, there were a couple of stretches of river that were that were tough there was one in particular where three of the three of the five boats flipped because you come around this corner and there's just a jagged point that if you're not really trying hard it's it's hard to get around and well the to describe it with a little more give it a little more justice you come down this chute yeah you're doing about 20 miles an hour and then you have four feet to make a 90 degree right turn yeah it was before the current hits into a big granite wall and and then splits yes and and it it was it was as you know i'm sort of a, a relatively new guide and stuff like that and this was the first time i've been out where where i felt the 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 reality of a lot of these situations where as soon as people dumped you know tim tim was taking care of that i was lighting a fire everybody was drying out like it, and it wasn't just like a it wasn't a practice run it was real like people were it was that was the day it was rainy everybody was already wet and cold and then they jumped in dropped into just above freezing water and it was real like this this isn't just a vacation kind of thing if you're going into these places there's inherent risk and people need to understand that action but, was taken right away which yeah was- Really but the weird. value is not diminished by that at all. I'm not trying to doom and gloom this. I just I think that that's something that doesn't get approached when people want to go do these trips. Yeah, I'll I'll piggyback on that. Mm-hmm. The um, doom and gloom. I mean, uh, what well, what I'll say is that um, attitude is contagious. Your attitude Absolutely. is contagious, and whatever you your attitude is, especially in a in a group setting where we're so close and uh, around each other all the time. Um, I'll say on this trip, the attitudes never, ever 
uh, dip below positive if, if it wasn't just absolute joy. We were singing and paddling, and even when we were dumping, even when we were having to, uh, you know, pull boats over these embacles and, and, and go and find these um, carries that were you know, um, around the embacles that were we had to look for a while, and, and all these obstacles mm-hmm. that came in our way that the river kind of threw at us, you know, our... All of our attitudes were upbeat. We're still singing "Party in the Gatsby." I think that's what got us through. Like we really wouldn't was. have been in such a great mood if we didn't have Miley Cyrus's song yeah. of redemption Th- thank in you. our hearts. Thank, thank you, Miley Cyrus. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> we, I felt like an actual voyageur, except I don't think that they would have been singing Miley. If Cyrus. they had it, they would have. They would though, absolutely. Well, voyageur I, songs like "Asama uh, Lo." <laughs> En Roulon, uh, Party in the Gaspé Z. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Long historically. I can never decide if she's going to sue us or like endorse us. Yeah, tough to tell. Yeah. But yeah, attitude is definitely everything. And then it's also um, the big take- one of the big takeaways for me on this trip was um, being on trail with other um, competent people. Like not to, not to diminish students and stuff, but it's a different, it's a different setting when you're out with people that are there to learn. Like you're you're kind of making all the decisions, you're kind of running stuff. But when you're with a bunch of people that know what they're doing um, to a certain extent and are comfortable in the woods, it's a it's an experience I haven't had before, and it was great. Like it was just everything was fun, even the stuff that was hard. Like we, because there wasn't much that came up that our particular group of people couldn't handle, and that was a really cool experience for me. There's nothing know. that came up that we that. We couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. It, w- it was well. We was, almost ran out of coffee, and that would have killed we us. We didn't come close no, to running no, out of coffee. No. We, we thought we did. We we learned from uh, this last winter trip. I see. That, okay. Uh, yeah. Pack more coffee than 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 it, necessary. It's humanly, humanly possible. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a bit of an all-star team, though. I don't think there's really any challenge with that group. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, being. Um, the, Probably one of the, the newer, uh, less experienced people on trail, I'll tell you, um, it was just unimaginable um, value that I took from it, being around so, so I don't know how many years and, and uh, compilations of knowledge, and uh, just kind of seeing it all take place, and, and, and the passion for it was, was what really uh, got me, I mean, um, uh, Kelly... You know, show, coming out and showing his uh, his his tent set up, his tarp set up, which you know you could kind of see the passion for it. Um, just uh, it, it was it was really eye opening, you mm. know, and uh, and uh, just seeing how when things just kind of came in in again when obstacles were getting our way, we just adapt and overcome, mm-hmm. and it's just one thing that really as a, a, a less experienced person it, it kind of it, it's something to aspire to and kind of gives you a um, just like a beacon to, to steer towards which is uh, you know it's it's awesome it's one of the You're reasons talking about why you the shining city on the hill right absolutely that's, your that's my okay. shining John Winthrop my city on the 16, city on the hill <laughs> 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 no, I'm not trying to diminish what you're saying, Colin. I agree entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
some great role models for the younger members of the trip and and um you know just a lot of uh, I think there's there's a huge emphasis placed on skills as if they're sort of one off mm-hmm. uh-huh. in the bushcraft community. So it's neat to go out and to do it and to live the lifestyle and to be in a remote area where it's not like okay everybody gather around we're going to tie a knot. You know, it's more like we're just going to do it and get it done yeah. and move on to the next thing. Yes. And, and just how seamless it becomes mm-hmm. and you know, I mean that's sort of the goal of like instructional programs is to get people to where they could participate in an event like that you yeah, know where you're just going out and doing it without yeah, a lot absolutely. of we're not you know slowing things down and breaking things down you know we're lining class three ledges a series of them and it's just like okay everybody kind of knows the drill let's tie on lining bridles and go mm-hmm. like we didn't we weren't like checking everybody's stuff it was just like okay everybody gets it we'll just go and do it yeah and once you have that sort of that minimum i don't want to say minimum level of competency but once you have a certain standard of competency you can go and do rivers like this i've never been there um, I didn't, I've never paddled big water like that before, but with a certain set of, like I could, I was able to, with that minimum set of skills, go out and do something that was challenging for me. And that was, that's, that's the only way you get any better at it, but it's great to have like that basic skill set and know that I could kind of, I don't want to say anywhere, but there's not, there's not a lot of rivers I wouldn't be interested to try now. Especially it's the, it's after the sum like, of all yeah, of the parts, exactly. which exactly. is, which kind of gives you so much confidence. I mean. Like you said, like we can go out and you can tie a knot till your fingers are bleeding and you can, you know, you, you can do all these things that are individually, which is good. I mean, you practice individual things, but what really comes together is when you, when you do the whole thing, when yeah, you take when a trip and everything, yeah, exactly. Everything connects. I mean, again, low water re- levels and buckles, um, I mean, everything that those guys potentially running out of cigarettes. Yeah, that, that, that was, that a, was that a big, was a big one. thing. <laughs> that, that was, was a, that was a bit. Yeah, I was pretty nervous actually. Yeah, they. Yeah, that would have been something. Oh, the rationing. I will say that. though, I've <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah, could have gone. I've never change. seen anybody paddle harder than the person that is out of cigarettes. Yeah, ever in my life have <laughs> I seen just, that happen. It's like, like what, six hundred miles to go? We're out of cigarettes. <laughs> this trip's over. Two hours tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going. <laughs> That's why a good a good uh, a good plant ID skill to know <laughs> is uh, the tobacco extenders, right? Mm-hmm. Like alder cones, like yeah. red osier dogwood bark, stuff like that. Bearberry leaves. Those guys were smoking cigarettes, not pipes. But we could have, yeah, we could have made it work. Could have made it work. Red osier dogwood and an onion skin. Yeah, we once had a a guy who I won't name <laughs> his identity because he's a really good He'll friend know. of mine, but. When he was a student on a semester, I think he ran out of cash by the end of the course, and he was smoking cigarettes at the time. And so he processed a whole bunch of red osier dogwood and was rolling it up in onion peels, like the, the dead skin on the outside of an onion. And I walked up one day, and he's smoking dogwood and an onion peel, and I'm like, "Man, you got to get yourself together. You know, Check like, yourself before you wreck yourself." I was just holding That's up a mirror. Right right there. There. <laughs> Look at you right now. Maybe it's time to get off the cigarettes. Yeah, but even but even that kind of brings in uh, just that that like potential for them to run out. Brought up something else that was kind of a an interesting thing to see on trail with a bunch of people that knew what they were doing, which is, you know, the soft skills, like the, the sort of group management and group dynamics that happen because it happens regardless of how much anybody knows. It's just a matter of being human and being out on trail together. But to, 
to have that dynamic be where everybody was sort of an equal as opposed to like instructors versus students was uh, I, it, at times challenging, but a very rewarding experience for me. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Well, I'll tell you, there was a, a lot of, um, yeah, there was, a, again, there was a lot of sharing. There was a lot of, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a, it was a tribe. It became a tribe and um, everybody pulled their own weight and then some. And everybody stepped up. That's the thing. Everybody at one point or another stepped up. And um, not me. I laid down the whole time. <laughs> but uh, well, you're up pulling. So, but um, I'll take some of that. <laughs> We're uh, pouring coffee. Apologies for the inconvenience. I will say uh, also there was a lot of trail magic. You know, um, like we found a new recipe for. Yes, uh, we did. Um, Le Trey Bonaventure wrap up and we can go into that in detail but not too much we won't give you the secret sauce but uh, I mean just things again like uh, you know when things go wrong or you know when chaos comes in you just kind of stay grounded you keep your attitude up keep your spirits high you you know you have your skills and that's why we do all these things yeah and you rely and you adapt and overcome. And well, let's let's talk about let's talk about that where, that recipe. And I think that's a good example of what you're talking well, about. Before we go there, I just want to be on the record as saying that soft skills are everything on an expedition. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yes. Like maintaining interpersonal con- mm-hmm. you know uh, conduct it's and hard. whatnot, and and leadership and things like yeah. That's what makes or breaks. That's why we had a really good time mm-hmm. was because of the, the people on the trip were talented with their soft skills. Yeah. Well, cause that, I think that, you know, the potential danger of doing it. So the trip that we did was, um, an instructor trip. Like it was a bunch of people that are used to being kind of in charge. And that, that's, that's sort of a recipe for disaster. It could be it a, a situation like, with a lot of, it could be a lot of chefs, egos, a lot, yeah. lot of chefs in the kitchen. And it wasn't, you know. it was, it was, it never felt that way to me at all. Um, but and lots of little things happened where it was just like everybody, like Colin said, everybody kind of like put their heads together and figured out how to solve a problem. And sort of the the most uh, uh, culinary, culinarily beautiful moment of that was the Trey Bonaventure wrap up, which was so we have these York boxes that we keep all our food in and one of them had leaked and it had uh, gotten into the pasta that we had for our last dinner of the trail. And it, it was pretty gross I, I don't think anybody really wanted to eat it and we just kind of looked around at what we had and ended up coming up with a dish that was sort of i don't know Be- it was, yeah, it was, it was, better, it was than better than anything than it was the been. best it just happened it was the best meal we had on the whole on the whole trip yeah and uh it, it was um some food that was brought just spare that stuff. wasn't even planned it was just food that was brought from um uh, Blake Towsley and uh, we had some extra, you know, apples, apples yeah. and so yeah, it was homemade Canadian back bacon. Yep, and apples fried with brown sugar and butter, and then we deep fried tortillas and wrapped it up. It, it was, was epic. It was, it was amazing. It was a pretty amazing. It was amazing, experience. and yeah. just the whole thing. And and I'll tell you one one thing that uh, I, I'll tell you, you know, one tip I guess that I could give is to just savor the moment. You know, when you're out on a trail, because that's basically one of the big things that you're doing it anyway, is to just have those moments. And that was a moment where I, you know, I call it 
trail magic or bush yeah. magic or, or, or whatever. I call it witchcraft. It it was just it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. And again, there was you know it could have been um, uh, a, a big deal because. You know, we yeah, lost the whole meal, contention, you know, for sure. and it could have, we could have turned on each other and pointed fingers and, and, and done all those things, but we didn't. We, we just kept our heads cool. We relied on our adaptability and our skills. We came together as a group, as a tribe, and we actually made lemon made out of lemons and yeah. then had acapella karaoke wait a awesome. minute we you guys had lemonade where why didn't i get any of this lemonade because you were too busy being on stage singing damn it you were just in the zone uh, you were Tim, you, you weren't you, even there you gotta choose yeah like, you have to choose between your <laughs> passions it's either lemonade or being on stage and like you can't have both man brutal brutal and, and one other thing also I would like to, to tap onto is the that campsite that we had. It was the um, the second to last day when we just were we went for ten hours straight. And uh, oh yeah, the gravel bar. We hobo camp. Yeah, hobo camp. We <laughs> hobo camp. We had our eyes Hoboken? set on a on a campsite that Tim had stayed at before, and we were kind of uh, leapfrogging uh, this group, Canoe the Wild, which were awesome, awesome. Uh, an awesome outfit and we're, we're great people but uh we came up to their campsite and it was you know there was just no room for the two parties so we you know after 10 hours you know of paddling we decided hey we're just gonna pull over to this gravel bar that was you know maybe i don't know like 50 yards or meters yeah, down yeah, was- down river yeah, so we it was a little bit down river. This thing we pulled over. There's like a bunch of river cobble and then a bit of gravel and sand, and then you're up into it like a 45 degree <laughs> incline going up into the into the woods into the mountains. So there's no flat ground. Yeah. So we ended up camping right on the edge of the gravel bar from where the woods hit the hit the flat to the actual river water level, maybe 20 feet, if and not, maybe yeah, we had 50 was... feet from end to end. Yep. So we kind of raked out a big flat spot. Uh, laid down some ground tarps, and we all just kind of we all slept under a tarp together, hobo style. Uh, hobo style. It was pretty fun. It was pretty good. Oh, it was a great. It was, it was again. It was just one of those moments where like that could have been that could like that could have meant another like hour and a half of paddling to get to another spot, which we had been we going were, for we eleven were and a half hours. Yeah. We were that yeah. was the, that was our big push. Day. We went through the second and debacle we, that yeah. day, and and the that's not M- debacle. The debacle at the, the debacle at the debacle. Debacle. We had a boat stuck that we had to unstuck. Yeah, yeah. It almost. Yeah, it was a very me. draining day, and like, and and potentially if we had kept going, you know, we were all tired. Maybe something else goes wrong. Right, but, but that's like, when accidents exactly. Happen. So, but the ability for us all to. You know, come to a consensus. Yeah, like just just make the most of what we got. Like that kind of stuff. I don't know if we were with students. You know, maybe that wasn't an option. But with a bunch of people that are well, if you're with students, it's not a democracy. We the decision yeah. the decision making process is inherently right. different. So if I'm guiding the trip and we're with students, I'd say we're camping here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody's tired. It's right. late. Mm-hmm. This is when accidents happen. Right. But, but we were able to arrive at that decision sort of organically, and which every, could, well, could I mean, have so, been even harder because again, all these different um, experience levels and and uh, 
again, it could have been a too many sh- too many chefs in the kitchen scenario. That's where we have guide teams. Only two chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. But, I think the saying you're looking for is too many chefs in the outhouse. No. No, no, no. no. I, How have you been cooking our <laughs> meals? I don't want to eat anything you cook ever again. Um, but no, it, it could have been. So like, I think what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, yeah, if, if we're students, we'd say we're camping here. And maybe there would be people that were unhappy with that. But with us as a group, it became this amazing, hilarious, ridiculous experience, which maybe it wouldn't if there were people that were being told to sleep on a gravel bar. Like that stuff's cool. That stuff is not... I don't experience that very often. That was my favorite. I think that was my favorite camp yeah. campsite. Oh yeah, just it was, because again, just, it just yeah, all I'll came remember together. that one for a long time. Well, the unexpected is usually the most memorable. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but you know, a good point, jumping off point to talk about that if you know if you're kind of planning an expedition with friends, <laughs> regardless of what it is, you know, the choice of personnel is huge. Oh yeah, and you know, thinking about not only someone's skill set, skill level, they can do this, they can do that, but just the personality they have. If they're really wound up tight and Type A, and they're going to freak out if things don't go according to plan, maybe they're not the best person yeah. to have along. You know, somebody who's you know reasonably skilled, but they can kind of roll with the punches a bit. And if things don't work out exactly as you plan, you know, they're probably a good person to have yeah. along. Because, you know, unless it's a, you know, here in Maine, we have the luxury with, with some of the routes that we've run for 20 something years mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, every river rock, you know, where every potential hazard is. But, you know, if you go exploring new places, you know, exploring is inherently something that you don't have all the answers showing up beforehand. So the idea of, you know, choosing people who can kind of deal with change yeah, midstream absolutely. to accompany you on that trip, that's a that's a big consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no stress, no drama, fun, easy, can can get along with whatever. Yep. That's a, I think that's a huge, a huge thing. So this was the sort of inaugural uh, instructor trip series trip. Um, we plan to do more of them. Mm. Probably we'll probably formalize sort of the requirements for entry and and whatnot. Uh, because again, you don't you know you do a trip like this. Um, you want to know who's coming on. You, you want to know coming. the people. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we're out guiding and teaching a lot of the year. You know, month. You know, more than six months of the year, we're out guiding and teaching. And so this is sort of like the this is the vacation trip. This is yeah. You you need time if you're a professional guide. You spend a lot of time out on the river on the snowshoe trail or whatever. You need time to go out where you can just do it and have fun doing it, and not have to worry about other people. Um, you know, not have to not have to think about who you need to watch out for and who's mm-hmm. gonna who's gonna crater on a really cold wet day and things like that. Like you need time to experience the joy of being out and doing it. Yeah, it's so easy for it to become work. Whereas this last week did not feel like work. It felt like just yeah, vacation. It felt there like a was nice break. there was a lot of work, but it didn't feel like work. No, because we were laughing and joking the whole time. Yeah, it was physically physically stressful and physically challenging, but it wasn't. You know, the concern wasn't in keeping tabs on everybody on the trip and as a guide you know that's just like when mm-hmm. i when you can just let go and relax and enjoy yep. it and be in the moment you when you're actually guiding professionally you don't have that opportunity very often mm-hmm. you know i think from the outside looking in you think oh geez you're out leading wilderness trips yeah but you're managing you're personalities on, on a minute by minute basis mm-hmm. you're making sure that the meals all work and nothing yep. gets lost and you're checking out all the gear. You're making sure nobody gets hurt. And if they do, how do you do? You know, you're managing yeah, a lot of things. Exactly. If you're a juggler, you've got a lot of balls in the air. And the point of the, this trip and, and hopefully this trip series is to get out, 
you know, with other professionals and say, yeah. hey, let's just enjoy let's it. Just have a good time. You know, mm-hmm. everybody can kind of sort themselves out. Everybody brings their own gear. This trip we did, I brought the cook kit and some of the group gear, um, and I did the meals, and we just split up the cost. But, um, you know, if everybody brings their own stuff, it just makes it more enjoyable and less Yeah, stressful. oh, absolutely. So that plan to have a series of those, maybe one a year. I don't know if we'll... I don't know if we'll do snowshoe trips like that, but I would still love to do like a paddling trip like that. Every oh yeah, year. absolutely. Just explore new water. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much within a. I think the the Bonaventure is like it's like four and a half five hours from the field school here, and mm-hmm. in that radius, you know, if we wanted to, what is it four? It's four hours to Portland. Is that what yeah, you said? from here. Yeah. So so within the radius of like here in Portland, there are a whole bunch of rivers in so Canada. So much stuff and, to do, and there's so many awesome trips here in Maine. Yeah. And they don't always have to be a week, and they don't always have to be remote, but just to get out and do it and, yeah. and enjoy it. So, yeah, to anybody that's listening that, you know, maybe you work in this field, maybe you don't, but maybe you like the outdoors and spend a lot of time in it. But, like, take the time to remember why you started doing it. Like, run trips like this with friends, like, and don't, don't, don't post about it. Don't write about it. Don't talk about doing it. But just go out and do it and get enjoy it. Remember it. why you got into this don't stuff. Don't write about it. Well, yeah, well, post we, about it. Well, <laughs> I'm going to talking about it. I'm going to post. <laughs> the only reason we did this trip was to post photos on Instagram. Well, we have to feed the propaganda machine, <laughs> what are you Tim. Talking about like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, okay. So let me that's rephrase. Like saying, don't let breathe, me don't breathe when you're out. Just let stop me rephrase breathing. this. Let me rephrase this. Don't post or write about it while you're out there. Bring your phone. Take pictures. Don't you can't. Don't you <laughs> well, dare. Why get a satellite phone if you're not going to post stuff constantly? Oh my god. <laughs> Like, how are we going to keep up with the Kardashians when we're out there if we don't have a satellite phone? And if we're keeping up with them, why not post to the internet propaganda machine constantly? I don't even understand what you're talking about sometimes. I'll be in the outhouse. There's too many chefs in the outhouse Uh, right now. Yeah. But yeah, go out and get it with a couple of friends. Leave your phones on airplane mode. Take pictures and just, just enjoy... Yeah, I can see them starting to rip into it again, and I'm trying to get this point across. But I'm going to stop because I and I now genuinely don't remember what I was talking about. I think what you, what... you, you two and I are enemies now. <laughs> now? Well, worse. Well, Our you. children's children will fight over this event. <laughs> no, go out and enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Yeah, and savor and, the moment. Yes. Take it in, you know, because... Again, all, everything that is your life from back home, when you're out on trail, I mean, I, I don't remember who we were talking to about this, but I was Dragon. like, yeah. Dragon the night, yeah. yeah, we were talking about how, like, I don't even remember what I was worried about. Exactly. When, That's when I what I was trying here. to say. Yeah. Before I was Leave so weirdly all... shanghaied by this shenanigans. <laughs> I still don't even know what you're referring I, to. I don't either anymore, and that's the frustrating part. But it was, yeah, again, it, and, and that's going to happen. That's the thing that's a beautiful thing about it is that, that happens. You know, it, like, it, like by day three, I was like, I don't even remember yeah, what I was wonderful. tripping over from back home. You know, I, I'm just out here. Savoring the moment, I'm hearing this beautiful <clears throat> river pass pass by me, which actually it's kind of funny because we went out to eat at a restaurant and we came back and we got into Presque Isle and I remember we were in we were sitting down and I could hear the white noise from like yeah the, it's crazy from I'm... like the whatever it was I don't know if like the ventilation system or or 
or or what, but it, or the air conditioner or what, but I could just hear this noise in, like I I have eaten there before, never heard that, and I know that it's because I was listening to this river all week long, and now I'm hearing just this, you know, artificial noise and. It was kind of it was kind of starting to get to me a little bit, and um, you know I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Tell you what got to me is on the trip all those birds just singing all day. They like, wouldn't. Oh, are we they so get happy? it. You're happy. <laughs> Shut up. You know, let me enjoy the river without all this birds singing happily. Nature getting in the way of stuff. Ugh. That's probably a good note to wrap this up on. I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go out, have some fun in the wild. Don't. Uh, don't bring your phones. I'm going to stick to that whether they what? think I'm agreeing or not. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't even get this. Good night and good luck, people. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again later. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to it. Mm-hmm.